Welcome to The Stare Down, sports talk and real estate with Sean Carpenter of Coldwell Banker in Columbus, Ohio, Bill Risser of Fidelity National Title in Tampa, Florida, and Todd Meininger of Cummins, Georgia. Listen in as they discuss the week in sports and toss in a pinch of real estate too. Now your hosts, Sean, Todd and Bill. Hey, greetings, everyone, and welcome to a Monday night episode of The Staredown. Busy week of travel for many of the guys here on the on the podcast, so we're coming to you on Monday night, so you're hearing it sometime after Monday, but good to have you guys here. Bill, I know you're checking in from Las Vegas. We'll find out about that in just a second. And then Todd Meiniger is from his home office in Cumming, Georgia. I'm Sean Carpenter in Columbus, Ohio, and this is our Sports talking Real Estate podcast we do every week for the last two and a half years where we just talk about the week that was and the week that's coming. So let's jump right into it. Bill, tell us where you're at and why you're there. I'm calm. I'm on the 26th floor of the Aria Hotel in Las Vegas, Nevada, baby. Um, I'm here talking about uh, Realtor.com's uh, Results Summit Conference. So I'm my second time attending this event. The first time I came out just because it was close to Phoenix, I kind of tied a trip in just to see the event. Uh, this time they invited me out to host a, a roundtable on podcasting. How's, how's that? So uh, I'll be doing that tomorrow. In the meantime, I've got a lot of really smart people. Sean, you know, I've said hi for a million people for you here because there are so many uh, people that we know that run in this kind of group um, and having a great time. So, and, and I brought my wife with me and she's uh, her best friend flew out to meet her. So it's been a nice little kind of little break for the wristers. That's really cool. And uh, you, had, you had a chance to check out Tina Mobile Arena last night. Is that right? I did. I did yeah. So uh, the final preseason game for the Golden Knights. Um, we kind of have access to tickets a little bit since, since the owner of the Golden Knights is the founder of Fidelity National Financial. Uh, so that's a nice club seats. I am telling you, I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, but I've been to many, I've been to, I don't know, 150 concerts. I've been to hundreds of sporting events. I've never been to anything louder than T-Mobile Arena with a Golden Knight game. It was crazy. Now, they don't do the whole full-blown thing we saw at the playoffs. It's a smaller version of it. Preseason, maybe they're saving it. So, But anyways, uh, pretty pretty impressive. And the Golden Knights win 5-2 handily. And I, I shared this with the two of you, and we'll share it with the, the listeners real quick as far as, um, you know, some people like to gamble on sports, especially in Vegas. The guys sit behind me, and the guy says, yeah, I've got uh, the Knights minus one and a half. I've got the, I got them on the puck line, which I think is the money line. And he said uh, plus six on the, uh, on the, uh, on the over-under. <laughs> so he won all three bets. It's always nice when you're a winner, right? Mm-hmm. That's good. And Todd, you, you went away for the weekend too, didn't you? Yeah, I was up in uh, Highlands, North Carolina, Sean. A um, little, little time with the, uh, the extended family um, celebrating a, a 50th wedding anniversary. So good times. Um, boy, you're out of, out of commission as far as connectivity a lot of times up there. So if you really want to get away, uh, mountains, mountains is a good, good place to be. Do some fishing or some hunting or what, just uh, sitting around a cabin drinking or what? Um, most of the latter, uh, was just, uh, again, a, a family celebration did actually, um, you guys would be happy to know, I did play around a golf on Sunday. Um, nice. and I think I had to report probably a one Oh six when in reality, if I was playing on the PGA tour rules of finishing every hole and not picking <laughs> up and not going through over, it was probably like 150 mountain courses. <laughs> tough. So it was, uh, Great time, humbling as always golf, but as you know, the camaraderie and, uh, and trash talking and, and the one or two good shots, you guys will appreciate this. I parred the first hole and that was, and then it just went down from there. So, but yeah. I had a great time. That, that'll keep me coming back. Yeah. 
That's how it works, man. So you you shot what we call the radio station numbers, 103, 104, 105. You know, it's <laughs> you know so funny, Sean. Yeah, great minds, right? Uh, as soon as I was informed, I shot a 106. I said, uh, I said WNBC, 106.7, right? So, <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I'll share what I did this weekend, and it'll, it'll tie into our, our topic. I had a chance to travel down to Starkville, Mississippi. Uh, Stark Vegas for the Florida Mississippi State football game, which we'll talk about when we get to our college football uh, part. But got to hang out with seven of our good fraternity brothers, and actually we saw Gene Gene Arnold, uh, Todd. So we added an eighth in there, and uh, just a, a ton of fun. And Mississippi State was very hospitable, great, great, um, a great host crowd. I think they they were expecting a different outcome uh, with Dan Mullen coming back, but uh, well, let's talk about that in just a bit. But it was a great time, and. Uh, um, Got a busy week ahead. Guys, I want to just start with, with what's happening right now in sports um, because today we had two play-in games, two uh, wild-card deciding division um, leading deciding playoff games. 163rd game, the NL Central and the NL West, uh, all the teams won yesterday, so they tied. They had an exact tie. And so earlier today, the Milwaukee Brewers went into to, uh, Wrigley Field and beat the Dodgers. And that claimed the central division for the, or not the Dodgers. They beat the Cubs. They went into Wrigley Field and beat the Cubs. That's weird. Yeah. <laughs> they went into Wrigley Field and beat the Cubs. They will now uh, host a uh, playoff game uh, in two days. Uh, and I believe it's gone final or it's almost ready to go final. And that is the Dodgers uh, beating the Rockies final. Okay. So here's what's going to happen guys. Um, starting tomorrow. Uh, we have the wild card games, all right? And this will be Colorado at the Cubs and the A's at the Yankees. So you're looking at the wild card of the Colorado Rockies versus the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley Field, the Oakland A's traveling across country to play the Yankees in Yankee Stadium. Uh, and then here's what will happen later in the week. The Braves, Todd, your Atlanta Braves, will head out to Los Angeles to play the Dodgers. And the winner of the Colorado Cubs game will go up the street to Milwaukee uh, and play the Brewers. So interesting that the Cubs could play the Brewers uh, quite a bit here in the, in the next week uh, if they somehow get past the Colorado Rockies uh, in Wrigley Field. Uh, over in the American League, the winner of that A's-Yankees game will head up the street to Boston, and Cleveland will head down to Houston uh, for the American League Divisional Series. So just a quick, quick thought on, on what you see, Bill, uh, in the baseball playoffs. What, maybe who's your, who's your easy-to-pick uh, winner? on both sides that you'd, if you, you know, going in. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about easy to pick. Um, you know, I, I had so much just belief in the Cubs halfway through the season when they made their comeback, right. you felt real strong and, and they were ready to go. But then you have uh, Chris Bryant gets hurt and you know, other things start happening. Uh, but man, with Javi Baez and just, a, it's a great team. Uh, so I, I don't want to bail on them and the, the Dodgers, you know, great pitching. They have an opportunity there as well. I, I, I don't see the Brewers advancing. I, I am sorry for Milwaukee people that might be listening to the podcast. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and so, Todd, if you're Braves, you know, they're, I would call them a sleeper as well, right? I mean, they had a great season. I'm not denying that. But, uh, boy, the Dodgers and the Cubs just seem loaded. So if I had to pick a couple teams, it's going to be there. AL, now, did, Kershaw, did Kershaw pitch today? No, it was uh, Walker Bueller who went like one hit through six and a third. And he's, you know, just okay. one of their young guns, another studly young pitcher they have. So that means, uh, and 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 that means uh, he's he's rested and ready to go. So, uh, yeah, which means which means Todd's Braves are probably going to see Kershaw twice at least. Right? Yeah, yeah. So that we'll see how that Ho- goes. Hopefully, hopefully, right? Or well, maybe. That's, right? 
Or maybe <laughs> maybe you only see them once because you're the other way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Talking about American League. Yeah. Who do you like in the American League? Todd. Is that are you shooting to me or Bill? Yeah. Who do you like in the American League? Um, so <laughs> Bill, you've been around baseball for a long, long time. Um, not only as a fan, but obviously in the in the business. When's the last time you saw a team win a hundred games and be the wild card? I mean, just absolutely amazing, right? Yeah. Um, so that set jumped out of me yesterday. Um, yeah, you know, it, it's the, the easy answer, and uh, I think the correct answer is just watch out for the Red Sox. Um, Sean, I know a few weeks back you, you, you know, uh, brought up the stat of um, the teams that win well into the hundreds don't always win the World Series. Um, <clears throat> I understand that, but, hey, if you're, if you're asking me, I say, you know, watch out for the Red Sox. But tip my hat to the 100-game wild card Yankees as well. Who have a yeah. great chance of going home <laughs> tomorrow. That's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that nuts? Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the the south half of that bracket. I like Cleveland and Houston. I think um, you know, Houston's after their, you know, defending champions, after their amazing run last year, kinda under the radar all season. You know, they came out of the gates hot. Um, kind of people expected it. Um so it'll be interesting to see if they can kind of re get reclaim that magic, or does Cleveland have it in them to to get over the hump uh, like like Chicago did two years ago. Um so I, I think the Braves have a good chance. I, I like their story this year. I think a lot of baseball fans around the country are going to see them for the first time uh, a couple of days from now in, in Dodgers. And look, the, what's the, what's the formula? They got to win one in Los Angeles. That's, that means they, they either got to beat Kershaw, which who hasn't been invincible in the playoffs. Let's be honest. He, right. he is not invincible. Um, uh, or they're just going to have to find a way to, 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 you know, take care of business at home, but they're going to have to steal one on the road. And that's a tough, tough, but, you know, if you're going to have someone do it, have a young team do it. Have a team that just goes out there with, with no cares, right? Um, and then I agree with you, Bill. I think the A's uh, could sneak one, could, could, could steal one in New York. Yeah. It, you know, look, one game playoff, that's, uh, yeah. that's brutal in baseball. That's just brutal. Anything can happen. Yeah. yeah. I get to Todd coin flip, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. And, Sean, going back to the Braves, I'm obviously all in, rooting hard for them. Um, and admittedly, a much more passionate fan, you know, 10, 12, 15, 20 years ago uh, because of life and, and other things. Just uh, I'm not watching them every night like I used to, but certainly all in rooting hard for them. Uh, you know but I've just had this. Go ahead, Bill. No, no, go ahead. Finish up. My bad. I, I just have this feeling that they're just quite not ready. They're, they're a team that's going to make a good run and maybe fall short. Uh, my dark horse, I think Joe Mann's going to get the Cubs. Um, fired up straight, straight in line and make a deep run. Um, that would be my guess in the national. I'll tell you who's not rooting for the Oakland A's. You know who that is? The Oakland Raiders. They want that dirt match over. You know, they want sod on the infield yes. badly. And if the yes. A's advance, it's got to stay a baseball field for another week or two. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Great call. What a, great nightmare. call. We, what a nightmare. We saw that field quite a bit. We'll get to that at the end of the end of the show. Right. Uh, guys, let's start with, with a something we teased last week uh, and it came through uh, epic meltdown by the U S Ryder cup team. Just in, I mean, they, other than the first uh, session on Friday, the force, the as they call it, the four ball match, where it looked like Europe might go out to a three one uh, lead, and it kind of flipped at the very end, and it went three one Americans, and you thought, boy, Europe really dominated those, those four matches, and somehow uh, at the end they, they turned with Justin Rose hitting in the water on on uh, on eighteen after Finau bounced it off the the planks and, and yeah. hit it close on sixteen. Um, and then, and then the only t- person to lose that that morning match was Tiger, uh, with his partner Patrick Reed, mm. uh, and, and just kind of a once again, it just 
seeing shots from 105 yards that these guys are fanning into the water and uh, just a lot of U.S. golfers hitting out of really thick rough, which was really thick, really thick rough uh, there in France. Um, I, I don't know what to say, guys. The you know there was the it's been done before. Ten to six, you know, Europe went eight 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 in a row. They basically swept the afternoon on Friday and swept the morning on Saturday to really make it think like there's not a chance if something doesn't happen in the, in the four ball in the afternoon or the foursomes in the afternoon. And it didn't, I, I think they went two and two. So you had a 10, six lead, which has been come back from twice, right. In Brookline and Medina, each team's done it. But when, when it didn't start out the way it needed to, uh, I didn't see much of it. I was watching on the app. I was watching kind of in between, uh, you know, obviously starting at two o'clock in the morning uh, is, is not the best, but what did you guys uh, see, Bill, let's start with you. What did you see? What were you, uh, just your thoughts on, on the event? Well, if you had told me before the match that Tiger and Phil would go 0-6, I would have told you they were going to lose. But there was no way in my mind that they were going to go 0-6 to, you know, combined. Uh, and that's what they did. But the, I'll, I'll tell you, the, uh, on Sunday, there's always that glimmer of hope. You never know. And and I think Todd, you might have been watching along a little bit, but there was a moment in time on on Sunday where all mm-hmm. of a sudden, of the fir- of the first six matches, you had four red and two all square, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden there was a brief moment in time where you're thinking this could happen because if you can win the first three or four and get it to ten ten, oh my gosh, right? Who knows what's going to happen? But it was short lived. The Euros did what the Euros do in Europe, which is, and I I, I commented about this uh, explicitly. <laughs> in a text to you two that I I've never seen so many I've watched I watch a million golf tournaments but because of this the, the style of this event the way they're covering it I have never seen so many 15 to 30 foot putts fall routinely mm-hmm. right and, and look absolutely you know Ricky Fowler had some amazing putts DJ on Sunday was putting like a madman but overall it's that European team for whatever reason and it was pointed out in a post-game interview that I don't think we really understand how important the Ryder Cup is to the European team, right? They're always mm-hmm. looked at as it's the European tour. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the junior league, you know, to the PGA tour where all the good players are. And I think they take it highly. It's a highly personal thing for them. And so it is, uh, they, they play at a whole different level. I, I, my hat's off to them. It's, it's, we have not won on European soil since 1991. 93. 93, yeah. I'm sorry, after the war at the shore, right? 25 years. At the Belfry, right? Yeah, so that is uh, – my hat's off to him. What are you going to say? And I think it's, it, it was fun to watch even the U.S. players just going, wow, we got whooped. Yeah. They, there was no crying. They're just like, we got killed, and, and uh, let's get them back there at Whistling Straits in two years. Yeah, it sure is different now that these guys all know each other from, from the tour kind of throughout. You know, before they really didn't know that each other's games except the – stars of the stars but Todd what, what was your thoughts as a lay person did you enjoy watching it did you, did you tune into it you know as a as just a, a sports fan so I, I tuned in as, as as well as I could uh, again starting so early um, and also um, being being away for the weekend but I caught uh, a good amount so Bill um, once again you're correct um, Sean you, you start off saying I can't remember exactly what you said but USA bad performance I don't know if you use the word choke I can't remember exactly but I tend to more disappoint. Oh, well, that's for sure. But I tend to lean more on Bill's side where just hats off to the, the European squad. I mean, they just played lights out. You had Molinari and Tommy Fleetwood. Um, I think they both were 4-0 uh, 
Uh, five and oh, Molinari five and oh, Fleetwood. Yeah, Fleetwood lost his singles match. Um, Four uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, and again, Poulter's Poulter. I think I, I sent out a tweet, you know, just, just this Ryder Cup prowess is unbelievable. Um, and, and on the American side, I think um, Justin Thomas and Spieth, you know, were the shining stars. We had disappointing performances from a lot of guys, including Phil and Tiger. Um, yeah. I don't know if age is getting to him. I, I don't know if it's just a bad week. I just don't, you know, you never know. Um, there's also, if you guys read about it, uh, Patrick Reed kind of, after the fact, um, was scratching his head why he wasn't paired up with Spieth because they have such a good uh, history and tradition together. But I kind of say scoreboard because Spieth and Thomas were three zero and one together. You know, it's not it's not like they bombed. Um, and it's those kids, those kids I call them. Gosh, they're in their mid twenties. Those guys have been golfing together since they were what you know 10, 11, 12 years old. Um, so if they were comfortable first time for JT to be on the Ryder Cup team, I didn't see a problem. But uh, Again, long-winded hats off to the Euros. As Sean, as you mentioned, or maybe Bill, all the tweets from the Americans were just like, wow, great venue, great fans. Europe just killed us. Um, looking forward to getting it back in 2020. So, yep. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't think the schedule did the guys any favors on both sides of the, of the, of the area. But, you know, the, the, the playoffs going right into the Ryder Cup, you know, traditionally there's a week off. Um, it just, you know, and, and granted, uh, you know, I know the guys played the course, a lot of practice rounds. Justin Thomas went over and played during the French Open. Um, you know, and I think there's there's a difference between playing it in tournament conditions than playing it, uh, you know, just hit and giggle on, you know, out, out with the foursomes. Um, look, hats off to Fleetwood and Molinari. I think those guys were the stars of the match. Um, Poulter and Garcia acquitted themselves well as, as captain's picks. I think the star of the American team really was Tony Finau. I mean, he came in mm-hmm. as the last pick. Um Played strong, you know. Beat the beat, arguably the one of the two best players on the American or on the European squad. Pretty soundly, six and four. I mean, mm-hmm. he went on a six-hole stretch there on on Sunday where he won every hole. Um, which, Bill, you know, that, that's hard in in, in match oh. play to win a couple holes in a row, let alone six in a row. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you're, not, you're not kidding. That, he, that's, he, he, he was that's, great. That's putting your golf ball. Yep. Yeah, he was great. I think I I, I just want to you know, back you up on your, your point about the schedule. You think about a guy like Phil and Tiger who had to play all those matches, all those not matches, I'm sorry, tournaments, right? 72 whole events leading up to that with no rest. It definitely showed on those two. I think it's part of that yeah. mm-hmm. it's a grind. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, all right. So Ryder Cup goes to whistling, whistling straights two years from now. Uh, be uh, interesting. Um, you know, I'm sure you're going to see a different theory, a different style of how you're going to set it up, how you're going to play, who's going to, who's going to be picks because, you know, once again, it's a, uh, I think the Americans almost expect to win. And I think the, the Ryder, the, the Europeans go out and grind out and they really just go into a different mode and, and play well as, as players. So we'll see. Um, Todd, you want to add something? Yeah, real quick, uh, just just um, a quick point. Um, Bryson DeChambeau, does he seem like a guy that's just hard to match up anyone with? Um, he's just so – he has his own style. He seems really quiet. Um, you know, you see guys like Kepka and DJ. They just look like they're made for each other, right? Both strong, silent, um, no nonsense, move on to the next shot no matter how good or bad. But I just made that observation. I mean, he played his way on, but – who do you put that guy with? Um, yeah. It'd be interesting to, it was just weird, right? It was kind of weird. Let's watch. In two years, will there be more people playing that mental game uh, that, that come onto the scene? Um, I think you're going to see, you know, obviously there's there, there's the Rickies and the Jordans and the, and the Justins that are just the young age group. Tony Finau, you know, Brooks. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if, you know, who will be that next old guard. I, you know, um, 
Sergio and Phil are kind of that last generation of the, the people that have carried it over and, and Tiger obviously as well. So Phil will be a vice captain in 2020. I have a feeling. Yeah. Steve yeah. Stricker will be obviously the captain uh, in his home state of Wisconsin. So that'd be a, a fun story. Um, college football. Uh, we talked quickly about Florida, Mississippi, my trip. Uh, let's start with that game. Cause it's fresh in my mind. Um, Florida goes in as the underdog with their coach, Dan Mullen returning as arguably the best coach they've ever had. Jackie Sherrill, they honored Jackie Sherrill at the game to honor their greatest coach they've ever had. It was kind of a, a direct slam on Dan Mullen. Uh, they honored him at the first, uh, first TV timeout. Um, he has more wins than Mullen. Uh, Mullen was six wins shy. Um, but I think everyone there will tell you, uh, much like Spurrier putting Florida on the map, uh, Dan Mullen was a great coach. And, and you're starting to see the impact Dan Mullen had on, on Nick Fitzgerald, who just did not look like a star quarterback in that game, probably because Florida's defense held him to f- the team to 54 yards in the second half. Mm. Um, Todd, I, you were watching on TV, I, I'm sure, uh, in the stadium. Uh, you just can't quite tell how, when you're just watching the opposing team from the far end of the end zone. But why our defense came to play in that game, we held them out of the end zone. Thanks, big big time, and I'll say it, thanks to a dropped pass that probably should have been caught for a touchdown, um, I believe, in the third quarter. But, boy, did Florida's defense come to play. Uh, they squeaked out a, a kind of a trick play touchdown um, by Kadarius Toney. Uh, Todd, let, let's go to you. What were your thoughts on the game and how you thought the Gators looked and, and, and how you thought Felipe Franks uh, kind of managed the game? So, uh, as an obvious, uh, not only Florida fan, but uh, alumnus, um, Super thrilled, three and one, go on the road. Sean, you know, we've had heartbreak in Mississippi traditionally. We have not won many games in the state of Mississippi, whether it be Ole Miss or Mississippi State. Um, and this was a big test, a top 25 team, a night game on the road. Um, you know, not looking for any moral victories, but if we, if we lost on the flip side, uh, we probably could have come away from some positive things other than that, the fact that we lost. So you got to get lucky to win a 13-9 game. Um, that said, I thought our offense was better than – than um, the points they put up. Uh, Felipe Franks, a guy who's had one 300-yard passing game last year, has now had three in four games. Um, I don't know if you call that the Mullen effect of him coaching with the quarterback or a combo of their running you know, plays and, and schemes that are, are more um, in line for him to succeed. But the big takeaway, um, and I will raise my hand, I was – I don't want to say a non-believer, just – uh, well, I'll say it. I was a non-believer. Todd Grantham, the defensive coordinator. Um, boy. And Kentucky, and Kentucky kind of solidified that thought, right, until the last two games. Yes. And now, see, it's so funny how uh, we as fans just week to week, it, it defines a season where it's got to be the full season. I mean, the Kentucky loss, Sean, for us or for me, God, it was devastating. Now you look at a 5-0 and Kentucky team that's – uh, you know, a win against Georgia, that's going to win the East. Now, that's a tall order, but this this team's legit. So as bad as that Kentucky loss was, it wasn't a terrible loss. It's a good quality team. And you're right. Uh, but when Todd Grantham just pinned his ears back, our safety number, free safety number 13, I can't remember yeah. his name, last play of the, the game where we just did an all-out jailbreak, free safety blitz, and and uh, the quarterback didn't have any time. Boy, the, the sea just that parted on that one, didn't it? I mean, it was yeah. just beautiful. Um, so very yeah. happy. Um, three and one, uh, four and one. Now, I'm sorry, four and you're correct. Now all of a sudden, um, gosh, we're thinking we could beat LSU, you know, yeah. Whereas three weeks ago, that was a loss. You know, that's a, that's a loss. We still may lose, but I love the way the team's going. We're young, we're, we're up and coming. Um, coach Mullen is, is really starting to, to take effect and, 
they were rewarded with a good road SEC win at night, which is, yep. which is awesome. Yeah. Once again, in case anyone's listening from, from Starkville or the Mississippi area, uh, hospitality was fantastic. Um, they were humble. Uh, there wasn't a lot of smack talking. Um, and after the game, it was just a fun atmosphere uh, to be there. And, and you know, uh, I think they enjoyed having someone other than Alabama or Auburn come in. So, what about the cowbell uh, effect? What about the, you know the cowbell effect? It it um uh there's my there's my cowbell I got and uh, there you go. It um you know Todd, it's weird. You um they they I forget what they're saying is, but when as soon as the center puts his hand on the ball, they're supposed to stop. You know yeah, the, the SEC with, has a yeah, like it's stop with the bell. Now you can yell or something like that. Yeah, you can yell. Yeah. There you go. I like it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's a uh, SEC has a rule against noisemakers. Mississippi State got them to waive that with that rule in effect. Now there was still a couple of rogue fans still ringing it, but you know, it's, it's, I think it maybe holds 70,000. Uh, it's not a massive stadium by our standards, Todd. Um, you, you can hear it. It's loud, but it wasn't, um, I, I'm sure the team practiced with it. And early you saw what we had six false starts in the first uh, three mm-hmm. series of the game. Sure. Um, we didn't have a single three and out the whole game. Um, mm. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. So uh, just hit on a couple games. I just want to get your thoughts on a couple games, but I really want to look forward to next week, um, and we're kind of tight on time tonight. Um, Clemson, the quarterback situation, uh, kind of instantly came to fruition. Um, Dabo Sweeney tells Kelly Bryant he's going to go with a young freshman. Kelly Bryant kind of quits on his team and says that I'm going to go somewhere else and transfer as a grad student and get one more year of play. Now I can argue his argument as well. Hey, if, I'm gonna, if I'm not going to play here, I might as well go someplace where I can do what I want to do. Um, and then their QB gets injured, and they almost lose to Syracuse. Uh, did you guys either either you guys happen to catch that game, and what were your thoughts on kind of that predicament that Clemson is in now? Yeah, I got I got a text um, from from my brother in law, and he said Clemson quarterback hurt, <laughs> and of course he knew I knew what that meant. Um, it's just I don't know if irony is the right word. It's but it's just sports and. Um, I see, you know, him being upset. Uh, I get benched. I'm going to transfer. But this is why you stick around, right? <laughs> he would have been right back in there, could have solidified. Um, the, un, the unsung story is is the fr- true freshman, his name's Bryce. You know, he, he won him that ball game. So good for him. Um, I think Dabo said, he, you know, he welcomes um, – why am I drawing a blank? The, like, Kelly, right, right, right back, but – if I'm his team, I'd almost be like, "Hey, you, you left. You know, it's, it's time to move on." But that that could be that could be another hour show we could argue. I'm sure. OSU, Penn State, the the famous whiteout, uh, and it was kind of it does look cool. I mean, they do a great job. Uh, Mississippi State was a whiteout, um, but it was, uh, you know, this these twelve people were in white. This person was in green. This person's in in purple. You know, so it wasn't as dynamic. But uh, Penn State, I, I bet as 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 Glad to escape with a win, Ohio State feels. I think Penn State's got to feel the we let that one get away. Uh, you know, we, we stole a, a loss somehow tonight. Um, I didn't see a single play of it, uh, but I heard it was a, you know, a good comeback by the Buckeyes, two long drives to, to win the game, and Dwayne Haskins uh, solidified himself as a very solid, one of the top five quarterbacks in the country probably. Any thoughts on that game, guys? I, I didn't see much of it, and Bill, I'll let you jump in, but um, from a betting pool uh uh, standpoint, <laughs> I pick in 12 games, you pick Ohio State minus three, and then you get the double whammy of not only do they don't cover, but they win, where you're kind of angry as a fan saying, gosh, I wish, if I'm going to lose, I wish they would have lost the game. So it was pretty <laughs> fun. 
I didn't see much of that game, Sean. Um, Bill, did you catch much of that? No, game? not I, like I was prepping for a trip to Vegas the next morning. So very okay. early, yeah. Sorry. So I, one other I team I want to—that was awesome. one other team I want to—I want to hit on uh, before we look at next week's schedule, which is pretty solid. Um, we we kind of laughed at him two weeks ago, three weeks ago, but I think ND is becoming a kind of legit team with that new quarterback. Um, it's hard to say, Bill, but I, I saw you kind of cringe, but yeah. um, they will be favored in every game they play the rest of the season. Now that they dispatch Stanford, yep. uh, 30, 17, um, they play at Mississippi state or at Virginia tech this week, uh, who's now back in the top 25, but this is a team that lost to old dominion. Um, right. and, and you know, that lane stadium is a tough place to play, but I'm telling you, if, if, if Notre Dame doesn't lose this week, um, they play second to last game. They play Syracuse. Um, they still have USC, right? Which is a rivalry. And they still have USC. Um, so US, yeah, US, so. USC is bad this year. So yeah, yeah so it's, it's just a rivalry game. But who knows? Yeah. Right? It's going to be you know this. We 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 say everything everything irons itself out. But you've got other than Georgia and Alabama, we who we know would technically have to play if they're both undefeated. Mm-hmm. Um, SEC championship game. Texas or I mean Oklahoma still out there. Clemson still out there. Ohio State still out there. And Notre Dame. So you got yeah. four people that we know aren't going to play each other. Um, very interesting. So just keep your eye on Notre Dame. And and think how weird it is. Um, Vanderbilt gave them all they wanted, right? And so we were questioning how good Notre Dame was. And then Vanderbilt barely beat Tennessee State this week. So wow. right. it's it's what's funny about college football, right? Yeah. That's what's funny about it. It's what's great about it. So next yeah. week's guys, week six, we start getting into some, some games that's really going to start shaping – uh, the conversation the rest of the week. Uh, it starts out with a traditional Red River shootout, uh, 11 o'clock kickoff uh, from the Cotton Bowl down in Texas, uh, number 19, Texas, who kind of righted the ship after a, a bad opening seat, opening day loss to Maryland. Um, 19 place number seven, Oklahoma. Um, always interesting. You know, Texas, I don't think, is a, is a pushover. Um, Oklahoma obviously will be challenged. They, they got challenged two weeks ago uh, by Army, uh, but that's such a, a different – style to to practice against uh todd you mentioned it um still it was going to be a 330 game now it's still to be determined they're not sure what they're doing with it, that game um which one is the florida game lsu at florida LSU i thought it was 330 but it's, it's, well it's, it was 330 then it went off the board and it went to, to be determined i don't know if they were considering maybe making it a, a primetime game um but that's an interesting game lsu um you know number five in the country they they clearly have their quarterback in joe burrow um can Florida sustain uh, two big road wins and bring that same energy home? Does it say three thirty now? I'm showing three thirty. Yeah, and they moved okay, Georgia. They they moved Georgia Vanderbilt from noon to seven thirty. So maybe that was okay. So there was probably some shit. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I think that can be a good game. Uh, the 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 Florida fans are going to have to bring it uh, because LSU does travel well. They will bring a lot of people. Remember, this is the second year in a row LSU's come to the swamp because of the the issue with a hurricane three years ago. Oh, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, in what it, in what traditionally is a great game, uh, it'd be interesting to see how it plays out this year. Florida state goes to Miami uh, with a chance to maybe, maybe fix their season. If they could somehow find a win uh, down there in Miami, Miami is hitting on all cylinders right now, scoring lots of points. Um, and Florida state is giving they're, up lots of points. They, they had a good win um, Saturday. I forgot who they – uh, At Louisville. They played yeah, at Louisville. Good combined wins. They don't sleep on FSU quite yet. Yeah. And that's, you know, once again, rivalry game. All those kids know each other. You know, uh, they play against each other. They got recruited by each other. Um, be interesting to see how that shakes out. Uh, remember, Florida State still has to play Florida and Notre Dame um, and uh, as well as Clemson. So, mm. 
the season could go south quickly if they if they get rolled by by Miami. Um, we'll see what happens. In a game, I didn't think I would say um, people would pay much attention to, but I think people are going to be paying attention to this one. That's number thirteen, Kentucky goes into mm-hmm. Texas A and M and battles oh. Jimbo Fisher. Um, you know, Bill, Bill. When was the last time you thought you you, you might even tune into a Kentucky Texas A and M game? Look, there are a lot of Kentucky fans in my building. I, I the, a lot more blue is coming out more proudly in, in St. Petersburg. And, and it's, it's not – it's way to basketball season. It's right? not basketball. Yeah, it's, it's way too early <laughs> for all that U.K. stuff. Uh, so it's, it's been impressive to watch. I, look, I'm – at this point, I want them to keep winning. Yeah, let's have some fun. Let's make the Georgia game mean something, right? Right, Todd? Absolutely. And, and Bill, um, from what I understand, and I've only watched the one, but apparently their offensive line is the difference. Um, um, they got a they got a really good um, young quarterback. Uh, his his name escapes me. I'm sure Sean will will chime in. But um, their offensive line, Kentucky. That's that's why they're offensively having so much success. Yeah, and I Benny think, Snell, Benny Snell's really making it, making them. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, and the coaching's obviously there, right? Um, he's they. Hey, talk about a five year process, right? This is yeah. this is a five year process. Where you, yeah. this, this is a case study where you can say, hey, give a guy five years. Uh, let them recruit and let the, the players buy in and trust the process as she liked to share. Well, you know, kudos to Kentucky, you know, I watch all my mater, but you know, they're the kind of program that can give a coach five years, you know, I mean, they shouldn't expect to win every two years and then fire the coach. They're Kentucky in football. And, and, you know, they've never obviously been where they're at now. Um, they have, when I say never, I mean, in recent years, I, I'm sure someone yeah. listening might say, well, when Bear Bryant was there, you know, they did this. Right. right. Um, but Back in 72, yeah. look, if they roll, if they can find a way to go into Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher, getting these guys to kind of believe what they're doing, um, that, that Kentucky Georgia game <laughs> becomes, dare I say it for all the marbles. And, and look, if Georgia slip, slips up to, to a Auburn team, uh, to an LSU team next week, um, yeah. You know, look, LSU's got to play Florida, and then they got to play Georgia. And if they get up for one, can they get up for both? And if they lose to Florida, do they have to come back and beat Georgia? So it's really be interesting to watch these next couple weeks in the SEC. Yeah. So college football is hitting its strides right now. All right, guys, let's finish with the NFL and then get Bill out to his uh, Vegas Knights. Um, <laughs> let me just start with this one. We'll see Kansas City play later tonight in Denver. Rivalry game, AFC West. Teams don't like each other. But I got to tell you, boys, the Rams look really, really, really good. Best team in football. Best team in football. Yeah. Did you watch any of that game on Thursday? Yes. Uh, uh, More than I've – once again, in two weeks, I've watched more Thursday night football than I have in three years. the Vikings are – yeah, the Vikings are a good team. Jared Goff, I'm telling you, Todd, there's one of the trust the process. You know, Mm -hmm. fans fans want immediate wins. Um, He struggled his rookie year. Uh, Last Mm -hmm. year he was okay. But boy, him him McVeigh found something where I don't I don't know if you could have I don't know if you could show highlight plays better than his five touchdown passes as far as where he put, put that ball for those receivers to catch um, the long pit, pit, pick to uh, Cooks the guy that the, the guy used to play for the Patriots um, right right some of the over shoulder throws I mean they had well first of all there was what nine hundred yards of offense between the two teams there was uh, thirty eight thirty one so there's 69 points scored. That, that was a fun game to watch between two really good teams. And now look, Minnesota's one and three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know. So for some but reason, I was, on, I was on the Rams early for whatever reason, not that I'm this bad. And I feel like I'm, a lot of it's luck, but 
gosh, just a tough team to beat. Um, again, a young coach who was assistant for years. I, I really didn't know who he was until he became the head coach was last year or the year before. Um, but they got, they got it going. And as a total just lose my street cred uh, observation, when they were their white uh, stripe helmets with the white and blue uniform versus the old school yellow and blue on it's it goes from the best uni to the worst but that's for a different <laughs> yes. I love their old unis they look good on Thursday night but <laughs> listen I mean, boy talk about timing right for them with yeah. the Seahawks struggling with the 49ers being the 49ers losing Garoppolo and with with Bill's Arizona Cardinals or Bill's old Re- Arizona Cardinals rebuilding yeah yeah yes. I mean, it's, you know I mean and I don't think they've played any of those teams yet from their division Mm. Um, so let's, let's just maybe move them to 10 and no. And then, <laughs> oh, boy, I'm there's serious. Rams fans that are so mad at you right now that the jinx yeah. is on, right? <laughs> right? But, yeah. You let me, you let me know which of you guys bets on any of those six games the other way. Okay. Let me know. <laughs> You're exactly right. But you know, the NFL is so weird. It, it's sure. so weird. Like that, there's a reason why, uh, it's so hard to go undefeated. So you mean, you mean like the bills, the bills can go into Minnesota and destroy the Vikings, right? Destroy and then, and then lay an egg. Green Bay. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. So the games I want to kind of spotlight, I'll, I'll start with bees, um, Bengals, Bengals roll into Atlanta. And well, once again, another shootout for Atlanta, um, Todd, what, they've lost three games now by a t- what, maybe like four points. That, so they're one in three and gosh, I'm, I'm going to sound like such a Homer, but this team could be four and oh, if you look at all the games, um, opening, opening, yeah, opening night, uh, they're right there with the Eagles, could have, should have, would have, and then they won. And then last week versus New Orleans and, and this last week were Bengals, just just some tough loss. So all's not as lost. I can say they're the best one in three team in America. But that said, <laughs> <laughs> that said, you don't want to you don't want to dig too big of a hole, right? You don't now you get every Viking fan pissed off at you. <laughs> well, they're the second best. How's that? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the NFL, you don't you can't dig your way out. I mean, eight and eight doesn't cut it. Ninety seven, nine and seven barely cut it. Yeah. Um, it's just, you know, God, you got to win the games that, that are close. And that's, that separates a playoff team for not. Right? Yeah. Yep. Another B team. We'll, we'll let Bill take center stage on this one. The, the Bears. Woo. Oh. The Bears and the Buccaneers. Um, that was a, uh, another B word, beat down. Holy moly. Did the Buccaneers look bad or, or did the Bears look good guys? Let's, let's, let's maybe look and say, oh, did the Bears look good? Is Trubisky that good? A six, the first Bears quarterback throw for six touchdowns in since like the thirties or maybe ever. I can't remember. Uh, boy, the, they look, the bucks look bad. And uh, look, Fitzpatrick, <laughs> you, ever, you know, water seeks its own level. Right. I mean, we have to, <laughs> right. we have to agree with that, that he wasn't going to be this, you know, this amazing quarterback after 11 years of not. Uh, and then, you know, with James coming in in the second half and not being able to do anything, look, they picked up Khalil Mack. They've got a great defense. The bears are going to be good. And I think, you know, you're talking, it's early. We're only at the quarter pole, but Bears Packers, is that the is that who we're looking at? The black yeah. and blue divisions back to where it should be. And, and are the Bears going to look back maybe one game shy and, and think of that game that they lost oh. on the opening night um, yeah. with Aaron Rodgers? Right. Um, another B team, Browns. Man, I'll tell you what. I don't know if you, I, I watched almost the whole game. Uh, you know, Mayfield, you know, he said the right things after the game. He said, put this one on me, you know, a fumble. Couple couple picks, um, 
you, you, you know, you'll, you'll never hear, hear me saying the refs cost the game, but there were some interesting calls in that game. That, no, that non-fumble call. That the non-fumble that they called in the grasp where he, he clearly wasn't in the grasp. The ball was knocked out. The ball came out on the other side of the pile. And then they reviewed, then, then, um, uh, drawing a blank on the guy's name from the, from the former bucket, Carlos Hyde gets the, you know, gets the first down. And then they yep. say, yeah, upon further review. And did you hear what the ref said last night or today? The no. review ref came out and said, we had a, we had an angle that they didn't show on TV. Well then show us the angle. Right. Right. Like show yeah. us the angle. You, what angle did you see? Because they, the guy came out and said, we had a different angle and we showed he was definitively short of the line. Wow. Wow. But, but yeah, it seems, it seems very weird. Uh, but look, the, 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 the Browns gave up um, two touchdowns towards the end of the game, including a two point conversion uh, on just horrible coverage. Uh, and Jordy Nelson, you know, kind of find a, find a revival home there in, in Oakland, Oakland wins their first game. And then the last B I want to talk about guys is Baltimore, uh, that, mm-hmm. you know, in what's become one of the best rivalries in, in football, Baltimore goes into Pittsburgh where with Pittsburgh, dare I say in a, in a must win situation, um, with Baltimore and, and with the Bengals off to the start, they are, um, and Baltimore just comes in and kind of dominated early. I mean, they, 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 they gave up a couple, they gave up some points in the second, second half or second quarter, but I don't know. They, they look pretty good. I don't know if Flacco, maybe a swan song or, or what, but they've got a solid defense, solid offense, good special teams. Um, be interesting. Any other teams jump out to you on the NFL or are you looking forward to tonight's game? Uh, the lions jump out at me, right? One and three. Um, I think Bill uh, kind of hinted at, it. Uh, you know, the black and blue division is the Packers and the bears, but uh yeah, that division's weird because Vikings had hype. Lions, I mean, Matthew Stafford, uh, until he was trumped by Rodgers, the high state quarterback. Um, I guess you watch, you watch that that division winner is going to be nine and seven. <laughs> well, and yeah, and you got to. I guess you got to be patient um, that he's you know the first year coach Patricia from um, from New England. So, but yeah, yeah I'm, I'm I'm surprised they're one and three starting. The other New England coach, uh, Rabel, uh, out to a three and one start. You know, after that surprising yeah. win in Jacksonville. Yep. Uh, yep. They they come back and win an, an overtime game where, um, you know, in overtime the Eagles go down and kick a field goal and the uh, Titans I think seven and a half minute drive uh, to win the game. Yeah, mm-hmm. as in the last minute of overtime, with that ten minute rule has really made an effect uh, for. Wow, it's you know, strange, we, isn't it? It is strange. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'll tell you um, who quieted some critics and some naysayers and people who thought they were done. Tom Brady, Tom Brady looked pretty good against the undefeated. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He, nice. it was a little statement game because there were some national pundits saying he's done. He's over. His, his time is finally done. And he's showing his age. And I, I he s- went out and just said, F you. Wow. I, I secretly Miami, was, Miami looks like the worst 3-1 team in the exactly. yeah, I, I agree, Todd. I, I was oh secretly hoping that somehow one of these years Miami will find a way to be the last team undefeated. And to watch those. <laughs> Watch those idiots have to pop the cork on their own team. I asked, themselves. That, yeah. I asked that question of a Dolphin fan. I work with her, and I said, do you, you, know that, you know this story, right? She's like, oh, yeah, I know what they do. I go, what if it's Dolphin? She goes, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're celebrating. I guarantee it. Yes, oh, yeah. yes, they are. All right, boys, quick episode. A lot, of, lot to cover, but um, going to be a good week in sports. And, and with, with NHL starting, dropping the puck on, I think I know the Blue Jackets start on Thursday. I think some games probably start. There's probably like a national game Tuesday, and then there's a, a game uh, Wednesday. The Caps. I think the Caps are up Wednesday, and then the Sharks and the a doubleheader. Uh, can't remember who the Caps play, but then you got the Sharks and the Kings on the okay. It'll be fun. 
And then we'll get Shea back on next week, and he can give us an NBA preview. I saw LeBron had nine in his first uh, game with the Lakers. Yeah. Um, so let's quickly go around the horn. Todd, what do you got coming up this week? Uh, hey, Sean. Thanks for asking. Looking forward to a, a good week. Um, it's just business as usual for me. Um, closed some really good jobs end of last week, um, which is always good when you're kicking off going on a, a mini uh, a trip for a weekend trip. You can relax. So, um, But we're in sales. So when we close um, a good one, a, a day or two later, you realize you got to get back at it. And uh, that's why they, they pay us uh, – that's why the check clears into the bank every month from uh, Asaboy. So um, looking, looking forward to, to hitting it hard tomorrow. Awesome. Bill, great episode with Amy Simpson. I really enjoyed your chat with her. Yeah. Uh, tell us who you got coming up and, and, and preview your, your episode tomorrow. Yeah. So your, uh, your, your, your panel. Okay. So tomorrow uh, on the podcast, it's going to be Lisa Fetner. Lisa is the corporate uh, vice president of marketing for referral exchange. Um, they actually reached out to me, Sean, wanted to be on the podcast, which was great. And she's very interesting, got a great backstory. And um, really, for realtors to look at another revenue model, another revenue stream to kind of supplement what you're doing, and referrals are a big part of that. And I don't know, I think they get kind of swept under the rug a little bit, right, with all the other stuff. Anyways, she's great. I'm interviewing uh, David Marine on Thursday for next week's episode. So awesome. I know you'll be excited about that. And uh, so I, I'm, my, uh, my, my, all I'm doing tomorrow is a, a round table on podcasting. And so it is just kind of sit in a room. There'll be 10 other round tables going on. It's for people that have questions. So that hopefully, you know, this is a, there's a little slightly scary part to that, right, Sean? It's like, if you're doing a breakout and nobody shows up, if I'm sitting sure. at a table by myself for an hour, it's going to suck. So I'm hoping some people are interested in podcasting. It's been the topic of conversation in some of the sessions today. So hopefully you get some people to sit down so I can explain um, the mistakes I made along the way, the things I did right. Um, and uh, you know, we'll go from there. And then Molly McKinley and I published our first episode. I think, I don't know if you saw that on Facebook, but uh, oh, no. yeah, it's on SoundCloud relationships first and uh, a little software. Pardon? Is it on overcast? I don't know if it's there yet. I had a conversation with Molly. They kind of released it. Uh, so I need to make sure she's relationships first relationships mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Okay. So, anyways, that's, uh, that's what's going on. Oh, you hey, want I got, yeah. I got two, I got two questions. One is your roundtable podcast for real estate only. Yeah. These are, this is a realtor.com event. So there'll be uh, real estate, okay. mostly realtors coming in saying, you know, because yeah. look, I, I think it's a way, uh, for realtors that don't want to write and maybe they don't like video you could create a podcast and really uh, sell your local community. And there are people yeah. that are doing it, right? You got uh, mm-hmm. Michael Thorne, Marguerite Martin, um, uh, Phil Greeley, Christian Harris. These guys are doing great stuff in their communities with podcasts and websites tied to that and Facebook pages and so on. So it's fun. No, cool. And the reason I asked it, Sean, um, you saw him this last weekend. I think our buddy uh, Pete Blank is getting in the podcast world a little bit. Hmm. Um, yeah, he's actually... He- it's interesting, Todd. He does a um, he doesn't do a podcast leadership. per se, but he he does leadership. But he does um, Alexa skills, oh. and so it's a it's an update. You know where they can say like, "What read me my updates?" And he comes on and does his little thirty to ninety five second little message. They're called, they're called flash briefings. And uh, yes. guess guess who started a flash briefing? This guy. This guy. I got affected. I I got a two thumbs and has a flash briefing. Briefing. Do it. Yeah, which I got to update tonight because tomorrow's a new episode. And on the flash briefing, I'll just say, hey, this week I'm talking to Lisa Fetner. And I, I just give a little one-minute update we'll on what's going on. Yeah, and if you go into the Alexa skills, you can find one for the real estate sessions. 
So I'll be talking. Have you given up, have you given up on your um, and I'm going to butcher the title. Your thoughts uh, on a walk? Oh, I haven't done it in a while. It's just it's a timing thing, you know. I guess yeah. there's only so much yeah, time. So much to do, right? Yeah. yeah. So yeah. it is. It's it's been a casualty of that. I'm sure that up up now an episode's going to pop up and you'll you'll be talked about. <laughs> right. Fair enough. Fair Keep enough. your fingers crossed. It's good. <laughs> well, guys, for me, I had a great, a great, uh, a great time with the Michigan Realtors that I was with last week in in Traverse City, Michigan, beautiful part of of Northern Michigan. I, I learned that Northern Michigan is the top part of Michigan that's not the Upper Peninsula. Gotcha. So, so, Uber, yeah. It's called the UP, yeah. and then Northern Michigan is everything up above the mainland there. Um, so, I had a great time there. Michael McClure was a great host for me, and he did some video uh, footage sh- shooting for me. Uh, this week I'm, I'm Bill, I'm talking to our quality choice title, uh, partners with, who is our affiliate business partners with our company here in Columbus. I'm going to be doing a team building exercise for them called from title work to teamwork. Mm. Um, should be a lot of fun. And then I head down Wednesday to Minneapolis, Minnesota, actually St. Paul for the Minnesota mm. association of realtors conference it's called realtors unite. Um, should be a great time, uh, out in Minnesota and then back to prep for Northern Virginia next week. So beautiful. Be a good week. Todd, I'll see. I'll catch you on the on the tweet streams. And Bill, I'll listen to your podcast. Have a great time in Vegas. Say hi to Sandy and all our friends out there. And on behalf of Todd and Bill and Shay out in the Pacific Northwest, thanks for listening to the stairs.